Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. I am Mike Luke, joined by the great Jason Shear. All right, now we're going to talk a lot of Arizona basketball. We're going to talk some Arizona football. But first, there has been much confusion about Tommy Lloyd and what he would like to be called going forward. And an esteemed member of the media put out there, uh, asked Tommy Lloyd about being called the Tommy Gun. And in more or less words, he said it wasn't for him. Jason, how taken aback by by this were you? It was uh, shocking how quickly he put it down as a possibility. It was basically no next question type of energy. But he Thank went you. on, but he went on for a little bit though. Do you think he was just playing hard to get? It's possible, you know. It's it's possible we're going to have to find out. Maybe give him a few days and ask him again on Thursday after the game. <laughs> he didn't dismiss the Swedish pinball though or four peaks. Well, not yet. Okay, there we go. Well, let's talk a little bit about this Arizona basketball team, though. Obviously, you got a game coming in against Utah Tech, which I had never even heard of before. And come to find out, it used to be called something differently. So that's why I uh, – is Utah Tech any – is do they do they pose any threat to Arizona? No, I mean, they're, they're more organized than the first two opponents. Uh, they have a legit big man, which is different than the first two opponents, but – Arizona is going to be favored by like 25 points or so. It it shouldn't be. I mean, it's a well-coached team, but it, it shouldn't give Arizona any real fits. I know a lot of people are upset about, you know, the second game or the closer games in the second half and the turnovers. Here's the only thing I'm going to say to that. And I and they have been sloppy at times. But the one thing that I will say, though, is that when you're dealing with kids and they get up 25 points in the first half, when they get out 25 points early or around there, it's not like these games were ever in doubt. It's not like they were 8 to 12 points throughout. Yes, they didn't play well in the second half, but I don't I guess I don't worry as much about that as I would if these games were kind of 10 to 14 points throughout. Yeah, I mean, look, they were up 30, they let up a big run, they still won by 17. Like it's mm-hmm. like kids I don't want to say bored. I don't know if bored is the right word, but I mean, you also got to remember Tommy Lloyd had lineups in at the end of that game that will never play in a significant moment in a game this year. I mean, no starters, guys that aren't going to play many minutes, got more minutes than usual. It was kind of a test, and and they failed it. They didn't do well in that test, but it doesn't really concern me. I mean, like you said, if it was 10 and it got to within, like, four, it's like, all right, now we're talking. There might be an issue. But a game like that, it's like, you know, it's, it's more of a learning process than anything. You could tell Tommy Lloyd was also very excited to get Courtney Ramey back. Again, he's not playing this game, but he did say – well, he did say that he would be a starter in Maui. 
And uh, I think you're going to see that that is the lineup that's going to be that lineup, obviously. Kirk Kreese and Courtney Ramey, Pella Larson, um, Julius Tabellis, and Umar Ballo. Yeah, I mean, I you know, he, he said if Maui was tomorrow, he would start Courtney Ramey, but he's going to start Courtney Ramey. And I think one of the keys there is not even his offense. It's Courtney Ramey is going to right away be guarding the other team's best player. I mean, there's right. no doubt about it. And when you're in Maui and the talent level goes up significantly, uh, you don't have a choice but to, to play a guy like Ramey, who's so good defensively. And I mean, right away, Cincinnati has good guards and uh, it's only going to get more difficult from there. So it just... It, it makes sense, and it's not like a disrespect to Boswell or anything. It's just that they like Ramey that much. All right. Now, at the uh, uh, speaking of the Maui Invitational, you have been a long denier of Eric Musselman, the greatness that is the must bus. Are we at the point now where he's had two Elite Eight finishes at Arkansas? Are we now at the point now with the must bus where Jason Shear admits that he was wrong and that will be a formidable game between Arizona and Arkansas if they I play? Never- I've never said Arkansas, but I'm just not a Musk guy. I look at human beings too, Mike. All right, but you also didn't buy Musk as a coach, though, either. Uh, you know, Musk, I, I don't, I don't, my dogs are killing each other. Yeah, that's I fine. That's fine. Uh, I don't see Musselman's style as being uh, sustainable. I just think the whole transfer thing, and Tommy Lloyd kind of insinuated it today in the press or two. Eventually, your, your transfers don't work. Now, to his credit, he's done a great job with it. Um, but eventually it's to me, it's just not a sustainable way of building a program, but he's bringing, but wasn't that more so in Nevada? Cause he's been, he's bringing in top five to 10 classes now recruiting classes at Arkansas. Yeah. So he's doing the one and done and transfer route, which it, it's interesting. Not a lot of guys do it. Kentucky is more of a, just a one and done type of deal. He's muscle men's kind of bring, you know, bring him together and look, every, every coach has his, his method. And, and obviously for us, it's, it's worked pretty well. All right. Now, I want to talk a little bit about something that uh, William Brad Alice put out here on Twitter. I'm not beating up William. I just disagree with him. Everybody's talking about the Pac-12 and about how bad the Pac-12 is. Yes, out of conference, generally every single year it's bad. But I don't understand, though, why Pac-12 people admit to this. I would never admit to this. Because, again, the Big Ten, every single year, they stink in the NCAA tournament. They admit to nothing, and every year we're going to hear about how it's the best conference of college basketball. It's not. The Big 12 is. Wink, wink. But the uh, – I don't understand – again, I, I'm not saying the Pac-12 is great. That's not what I'm saying. But why is the Pac-12 uh, roundly dismissed? But when the uh, big ten, or the, when the Big Ten schools get in there and they're losing to you know fourteen seeds, it's oh well you know NCAA tournament anything could happen in a one game deal. No, I agree with you. We we talked about this last year. We should pretend like the Pac twelve is the best conference in America, and all the teams are just so good that they beat up on each other. But yeah, I mean seriously, or that they're waiting to beat up on each other right. and they get caught looking ahead. But some of the it's because some of the losses are just so bad. Like you can't lose to Prairie View A and M. You can't, go on the, you can't lose to Grambling. And I understand that it's a road game and all that, and it's not a big win-win situation. But you just – the difference is you watched last night Michigan State beating Kentucky, and on the same night Washington State's losing to Prairie View A&M. USC barely beats Vermont. Oregon was down at half even though they won that game. And it, there's just – it, it's just a, a bad look for a conference that's filled with bad looks. and And – Right now, it kind of you're you're looking at the conference, and I understand what you're saying. But right now, you look at the conference, and you're saying what? There's three tournament teams still, right? Fair enough. 
All right. Now, a corny nickname that wasn't shot down was the Four Peaks. Now, uh, you might say to yourself, Mike, Four Peaks, that's the term for all the U of A big men, right? Correct. But it's also the term for the official brew of PHNX. Up in Tempe, you've got the uh, got great watch parties going on up there. Good deals, uh, great deals there. Check it out. Or if you want to come to the Tap and Bottle Watch Parties, we have Four Peaks there as well. Come check it out. Again, Four Peaks, great stuff. And Tap and Bottle, the official away game watch party for all Arizona football and Arizona basketball. We had an 8.30 game, but you know what? We had some great showings as well. Scott and Rebecca up there do a great job. Lots of fun. Come join us at Tap and Bottle. Um, again, for all the away game uh, uh, football, and then once football season's over, we're going to be transitioning that into basketball as well. Tap and Bottle. All right, KJ Lewis here. Uh, he was asked about, he's officially signed. We had him on the other day. And uh, Tommy Lloyd was asked about KJ Lewis, and he said that he thinks he's uh, he's got a lot of Marcus Smart to him. Um, I thought from day one that the recruiting services, not you guys necessarily, because you have him about 40, but I don't see him being any worse of a prospect than that. Sure. He's got to work on his handle and his shot, but man, he's a next level athlete. He's strong. He's a guy that I think is going to do a lot of really good stuff in college. And I think probably has a pro career ahead of him. Yeah. I, I like him a lot. And I think that Tommy Lloyd nailed it when he basically said the kid fits our system perfectly. And right. he's not going to come in and be dominant right away. He's going to be multi multi multiple years in college, but he's got all the tools. And there's something he said that was important and that he went and his, he basically, Tommy said his team was losing. Uh, they weren't playing well, but KJ Lewis was still playing within the team game and was still getting his teammates up. And for a star player, that's more unusual than people would think. A lot right. of times it's like, oh, okay, well now I'm going to try to take every shot, screw my teammates and all that. And, um, he's a really good fit for the system, you know, and again, he's not uh, a one and done type of player. And, and the reality is Tommy Lloyd doesn't recruit a lot of one and right. done type of players and it, it's, it's different, but um, great kid, athletic can play multiple positions. I, I think Arizona fans are going to love him. What's the latest on the recruiting front though, when it comes to the U of A? I mean, it's, it's, it's somewhat quiet. Uh, you know, Cody Williams going to Colorado uh, was a bit of a hit and, um, you know, I, I think that they're going to be flexible. I'm sure there's international players. And I think people sometimes forget that technically Kylan Boswell, you can pretty right. much run him as a 2023 guy. Um, so, you know, there's there's guys out there um, that they're, they're going to look at and, and, you know, eventually. But right now, I, I would say mostly 2024 is probably the focus. But again, with transfers and internationals and all that, uh, I think you'll see some 2023 guys pop up. All right, pivoting over to Arizona football now. Again, if we're looking at Tommy Lloyd, I think we both agree that he has been an A-plus hire to this point. Would you uh, – um, I know you've got an education background. Would you disagree? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd agree. Jed Fish. Where do we grade out Jed Fish at this point? Because I'm giving Jed Fish an A-plus as well. I mean, it's hard to imagine him doing much better, right? Like, I, right. I agree with you. I mean, the NAU loss is probably stopping him from an A-plus, right. but – you know, he, he's got – if he makes a bowl this year, which isn't insane to think about, it's it's a possibility. Uh, to me, he's the best – he's the coach of the year in the conference. I mean, By a mile. The, the job that he has done is is remarkable. Um, and even now, like even if they don't win the, the next two games, I mean, they're four times as many wins as last season. Right. Uh, and I don't – again, I, I, I feel like a broken record. Unless you really know this program – you can't begin to understand the shape that Kevin Semmel left it in. 
Well, right, exactly. And here's the thing, too, is that he was able to bring in a sales pitch and he made it work. I mean, to me, the UCLA game, though, was really the turning point, I think, for a lot of people. Now, again, Arizona is going to lose more games going forward. Again, the talent level just isn't there. There's a lot of young talent, which we'll get to on the defensive side. But you know, UCLA is a probably not a top 10 team, but they're a legitimate top 20 team. DTR is a good quarterback, no matter what some people might say about him. But this to me was the game where I think people probably realize, all right, that's the vision. That's what he's done. And I think you're going to see a lot more people fully bought into Jed Fish after that win. That UCLA game to me was the confirmation, right? right. And, and Jed Fish can say all he wants, and there's always going to be naysayers. Because the naysayers were saying, like, well, where's the results? You know, and, and that was the result game. That was saying, look, you know, it, we're going to get there. And, and this is what it's right. going to look like when we do get there. And, and I talked to a coach after the game, and he said, we had a feeling one of these was going to happen. It was just a matter of who it was going to be against, that we were really close, and that eventually we would kind of play that game that we're capable of playing. And, and that was UCLA. And to do it on Fox, on national television, as opposed to, the Pac-12 network and to do it where you're playing multiple freshmen on both sides of the ball and playing a major amount of snaps. Uh, that's, that's a big deal nationally. And that's something that Jed Fish is going to use moving forward. Lamont Lovett told me before the uh, season that he said this coach has uh, this coaching staff has a real ability to be able to evaluate players. So he doesn't necessarily look at the rankings, although the rankings were really good last year. And just look at some of the kids that were not highly rated per se. Just sw- look on the Arizona offensive line. Wendell Moe, Jonas Savanea. I mean, Wendell Moe was a total last second type guy. Savanea was a three star, should have been higher. And then, I mean, Tanner McLaughlin as well, not a guy that came in with a lot of fanfare. So, yes, there's been T-Max, there's been Dolores, but also, especially on the offensive side, and we'll get to defense in a second, there's been a lot of really good scouting on the offensive side of the ball, too. Yeah, I mean, you take a look uh, at all of it on, like, defense. Russell Davis led the state in sacks, and no one recruited him. Right. I played for modern day, and no one really recruited him that heavily. I mean, he had a couple Pac-12 offers, I think. But right. Arizona went out there, and these are guys that are playing legitimate. Not Jacob Kamgaika was a walk-on that they put right. on scholarship right away. Offensively, Wendell Moe was going to Morgan State when right. he got out of it and going to like. And he's not coming out of the starting lineup as long as he's here. No, he's in. and like you, it, it, it's it's the the biggest thing to me is when Kevin Sumlin and I hate even talking about and comparing the staff, but when he offered guys like that were two stars or didn't have offers. There were no power five attention whatsoever. And there was no good feeling about him. You look at at a guy like Wendell Moe and you kind of knew that he would be pretty good. Like this, like, you know, Greg Biggins, I remember telling me, he's like, Oh, this kid's going to be good. It may not happen right away, but they they looked the part. And a lot of these three-star kids at Arizona lands still have other power five offers. And that's something you look for. Are they choosing, you know, Arizona over Idaho and right. Mexico, or are they choosing it over Colorado and whatever it may be? And even if it's a school like Colorado, as long as they have another power five offer, you know that Arizona is not just the only school seeing it, but these guys can, can really evaluate. There were some misses clearly, but there were the, the hit rate of this recruiting class is going to be as high as I've seen in a long time. And I think we're going to look back at this, and this is going to be a recruiting class that might end up being the best in the conference, which is crazy to think about just because of the hit rate. We'll get to that in just a second. But Sheer, I want to tell you about game time. Are you a procrastinator at all, Sheer? Uh, no, not at all. 
you're definitely not a procrastinator because you generally get to games about five hours early. Our good friend Ben White will be here as well, uh, so he'll get to see your uh, your um, ability to get to things on time. But there are people out there that are procrastinators, and that's where game time steps in. Game time knows that there's procrastinators out there that want to get to games, but you know what? They don't have the uh, they don't have the forward thinking ability that Jason Shear does. So um, game time is here. You get onto game time. You buy your tickets through the link in the description, and here's the best part about it, is that you can get your tickets 60% off. We've had people that have shown, uh, called in or talked about it on the post-game show. Check it out, Game Time. Again, that's where you get go to get all of your last-second tickets and to get them cheaper. Now, also, want to tell you about Candlelin. Not all children have the what they need to live a successful life. In Arizona alone, almost 30% of young children live in poverty, and more than 50% of these kids are behind their peers before they even start kindergarten. Candlelin, a Phoenix-based nonprofit, is on a mission to provide the support, programs, and tools that everyone, uh, every child needs. To get involved with Candlelin's mission or make a donation, visit Candlelin.org. That's Candlelin.org. Okay. Now. Let's get to this defensive side because for the longest time, we've had lightweight Arizona defensive lines. It's lightweight right now, but I'll tell you what. If this Arizona defensive line two years from now is Deuce Davis off the edge, Kangaika and uh, Uyagalele at the tackles, and a combination of Sterling Lane or somebody else off the edge, that that's an intriguing defensive line. And those were guys, with the exception of Lane, who were not highly recruited at all. We got a guy like Isaiah Ward too. Right. Like Isaiah Ward played against UCLA. It's funny, no one knew this. Uh he he actually the the equipment managers forgot his jersey. Wow. Which is why he was wearing a jersey with no name on it. So you got a no-name player that played legit snaps against UCLA as another guy that wasn't that highly recruited. And, and Arizona's defensive line moving forward, you feel great about it. You got speed off the edge with Russell Davis, Kangaika and Tai Tai are, are clearly capable of playing. They're gonna only add depth. I, I mean, you. What's your you, take on Sterling Lane? I, I like him, and, and and you know what I like about him too is there was a play. I'm trying to remember if it was UCLA or the game before where he clearly screwed up. Didn't take the right angle at all. Uh, a few plays later, there's a play that it looks very similar. He takes the right angle and makes a great play. Right, and you. That's what you look for. It's like in basketball when you have a high school kid, you look for that progression. And Sterling Lane now is a better player than he was a few weeks ago. Right. And a few weeks from now, he'll be even better. And a year from now, he'll be, and that's what you look for. And he's a kid where as long as he keeps progressing, he's going to be great. And, and that's what you look for. And unfortunately, like you take a look at some of the older players in Arizona, they're not progressing. And that's why a lot of these younger guys are playing because it's clear that they're pretty much the best defensive players on the team as freshmen. I think up the middle is interesting as well because again, like you said, you got Kangaika, you got Tai Tai, who are going to be uh, you know pillars of that defense. Jacob Manu, obviously at that linebacker spot, will not come out as long as he's here. Um, but Arizona is going to have to find a linebacker next to him because that linebacker doesn't appear to be on the roster. I love the defensive, uh, the corners. I think between Prysock Davis and if Stukes is your third, I'm totally cool with that. Um, you're going to have to get probably better safeties in there again. Christian Young, I think, tries hard, but is kind of addition by subtraction. Jackson Turner's got another year, but I'd love to see another linebacker, and I'd love to see a big hitting safety in there as well. Yeah, and they, and they went out and and they really recruited safeties. I mean, that Genesis Smith is a safety. Mm -hmm. from, they love him, 
and, and they really like their their safety class in general. I think linebacker is you know the goal. Obviously, if they they land Leviticus Sua, that helps a lot. Where, where do they stand with him? It's probably it's UCLA, Arizona, and Stanford. Okay, and those are the three schools. I think they're relatively even. I'd probably lean towards UCLA and Arizona right now as being the top two if I had to choose. But I think that's a position they hit the portal hard. I think they come in and they bring an experienced linebacker. But I mean, the fact that Jacob Manu is only a freshman, and right. you know, the, the reality is he's too small to go pro early. Right. So, so uh, he, that's a, that's our problem to have. Right. So he's he's at Arizona for four years, which I'm sure they're ecstatic about. But they'll go. You know, you you trust that they'll go and they'll recruit linebackers and bring guys in because you look and safety was a weakness, and and they brought a handful of safeties in that they like. You know, uh, Canyon Moses, Genesis Smith, a few others probably, and and those are guys that that they feel can play early. Over or under six and a half wins for the Cats next year. Over. Over or under actually playing a schedule that will allow them <laughs> over or under seven wins for the cats next year uh oof. i think seven's probably the number i think seven's good and think about it this way with what he inherited if he got seven wins in his third year we got other things to worry about like other schools coming as well so we would uh i would take seven wins every day of the week all right before we sign off though oh one thing and we got to get shears prediction more furniture, morfurniture.com. Some people spell it M-O-R-E. They are wrong. It's M-O-R furniture. You look at the lavish palace that Shear lives in, and it looks like he was decorated by more furniture. The PHNX studios, all done by more furniture. Check out the link in the description. Again, M-O-R furniture. That's where it's at. Lots of great stuff going on there at more furniture. Okay. Now, before we sign off right here, um, Arizona, you're on record as saying Arizona's going to beat Washington State. Now, here's my question. Will you go on record and say that Arizona's going to beat ASU as well, making them bowl eligible? Will you plant your flag right here, Jason Shear? Mike, in what world would I tell you right now or at any moment that ASU is going to beat Arizona? So you're back in the A to the bowl game, my man. That's what you're doing. All I'm saying is this. Me, you, the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. That's, that's where we're headed. All right. Now, you also are on record here. It's saying that if Arizona, as long as Arizona keeps winning, you will keep the back of the uh, background there, which means that if Arizona beats ASU, you will have back the A all off season. Uh, let's not get crazy. We'll you, hey, I'm holding you to your word. How about all bowl season? Is that fair? Well, you're now you're changing what you said, though. That's until, I mean, you're talking the new year already. All right, well, we'll figure it out, but at least until the bowl game. Yes, you have my All word right. on that. All right, Sheer, y'all, I know you got deals going on. Wildcat Authority is the place to be. Check it out. What deals do you have going on? Yeah, so we're going nuts next Friday for Black Friday. If you want to wait, uh, we're going to have a heck of a deal. Um, but yeah, Wildcat Authority, check it out. Next week is, uh, as Mike can attest to, next week's going to be insane. <laughs> with up, basketball games football game all of it it's all happening next week all right he's jason Shearer, i'm mike luke please uh make sure that shelby's not still mad at me i texted her and she has not responded i think she's mad at me so no, i think she's happy now because the tommy gun got shut down you know what i can't do i can't be all things for all people for for jason Shearer, i'm mike luke you've been listening to the az wildcats podcast